0: Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid.
1: Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Murray's gonna score. Touchdown. Enzo for Fitz goes up. He makes the game winning catch. Larry Ludgeon does it again. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over.
1: Here's Paul Calvisi.
2: Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. Hey, who
3: says that there's no more Thursday night football? We've got you covered. We got you right here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford as Wolf Tick Tock. We close in on show number five hundred overall. Paulie, you got a
0: you got a game coming up tonight. Is that what you're saying, Paul? You got something coming up on a Thursday here.
3: No, Wolf, I'm saying we are Thursday Night Football. That's we, what I'm oh, saying. We, oh, we wow, The Paulie. Big Red Rage is the original Thursday Night Football going back some 20 years or so. Man, I'll That's tell you what. what
0: you know what? Honestly, just football. Let's talk a little football here. You want to go back to last weekend, Paul? You want to talk about the fact <laughs> you had six. <laughs> six games. Three on Saturday, three on Sunday. How'd you hold up, Pauly, by the way? How'd Wolf, that go Did you it?
3: leave the couch on Saturday and Sunday
0: Paul I did not you know that those are work days you understand that you you know that better than anybody those are work days you sit down there you do a talk show you're watching these games and you're taking notes on all of these games you know how much I love the blood sport how much I love ball but I gotta tell you man that third game came that third game came rolling around I was through on the couch and eyes were a little heavy let me put it that way
3: I, uh, you know, Wolf always thought your football feedback was all you can eat, but you know, you, you met your match this weekend, super wild card weekend. So I loved okay. it.
0: Did you like it, Paulie? Did you actually no. like the fact that you had six games? Yeah.
3: At any moment, there was a playoff game going on. I mean, honestly, and so did I sit there and watch every single play? <laughs> no, but I tell you what, I, and this is a, this is a true story. I fired up some of the national radio coverage in the garage as I turned a few wrenches <laughs> and got the hands dirty. So I was I was Stop connected it, and plugged in to playoff football, whether it was on the screen or it was old school over the radio in the garage. Boom! I was. So you're telling
0: in. me right now, there there you are, Paul. Do you have a pair of jeans on or something, Paul? G. You know, That T-shirt, you had your smokes rolled up in your sleeve as I, you are working old, on your car. I, got,
3: I have an old flannel shirt. I have an old flannel shirt that's hanging in the garage. The wife won't let it inside Casa Calvisi, and I put that on when I'm underneath the car.
0: Paulie, in all sincerity, i gotta, I got to tell you, I absolutely loved it. You know me. I'm, I'm against the whole 14 teams in, and one of the biggest reasons why I'm against it is because I think there's no way in the world they'll stop at 14. <laughs> okay, let's go to 16. Why not 16? It's more playoff money. If you told me, though, if you told me right now that 14 was going to look so good the way that it did, the number one seeds in each conference, getting that buy, I love that. I think that ought to be important that you get that buy. The only team to get a buy in the conference is the number one seed. And then, of course, you've got you've got three playoff games in each conference. And I, I didn't think I was going to like it,
3: Paul. I loved it. Well, you had to be led kicking and screaming yes. to this playoff yes. format. You're you so were not right. down yes. with it. <laughs> I mean, you don't, don't tell me you you weren't sure. You were you were dead certain you were going to hate it. I and, and, absolutely. And, yet you stand corrected so that's good wolf that's good you know
0: well, at least i can admit it when <laughs> i'm right. on you.
3: that's right they, they they led you to the trough and you drank so that's <laughs> good that's good you drank it tasted it with, good too. Yeah. and you had your fill as you said so that's good you know what it's going to get better momentarily because a guy who just wrapped up his 19th year as the voice of the arizona cardinals dave Pash, will join us and we'll talk some ball. Oh, 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 we're just getting rolling on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We
2: are Santan Ford. Dennis Gardeck, by the way, is playing Chandler Jones' position right now at right outside linebacker. Second down and 10, back to throw Flacco.
4: Sacked by Gardeck. Oh my goodness, what a move by Dennis Gardeck. The
0: Barbarian.
2: Came inside, hair flying. Flacco in the pocket, gonna get hit and sacked. Dennis Gardak got him again. (laughs) And then Dennis Gardek doing an an interesting sack dance where he just kind of bounced back and forth on his feet with his hands out, palms up. I don't know what he was asking for. What is good, Gardak? Dennis Gardak
0: got up and did a little barbarian dance around the fire
3: skardek would explain later he called that hit the strobe and by the time we got to the end of the season even his teammates were doing that dance that's something you know
0: nothing about paul (laughs)
3: i mean i'm just saying that this was Gardak and his teammates even adopted it wolf if only you were as productive as dennis gardek in 93 snaps the guy had an absurd seven sacks on the season number two on the team until that montage right there at the jets he never played a snap on defense in the nfl in the regular season and when chandler jones went down Dennis Gardeck stepped up in a big way, and it's news this week because he revealed on his Instagram account that, dang it, it is a torn ACL. And so he's going to undergo surgery, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what his status is at the start of training camp 2021. It is the Big Red Rage, and Wolf, your partner in the booth, does join us. Dave Pash is on board from L.A., and Dave, right off the top here, Uh, We have to welcome you and then also wonder about some of these rumors that you just might join Urban Meyer's staff in Jacksonville. So can you confirm or deny those, Dave?
4: I I think they have a a radio broadcaster already. Um, Other than that, I don't think I'd be much, much good. But you know, it's funny, you're playing the Gardeck highlight, and I'm, I'm thinking about something that I've heard Urban Meyer say over and over again, that when you're trying to win whatever level you're at. It's about building a culture that it's not a just about going out there and calling plays and running an offense. It's about building a culture and having accountability and Dennis Gardek to me, guys, that, that was a big loss for the Cardinals in a lot of ways. He, he's a guy that fits into when you, what you're trying to do with building a culture, building chemistry, holding guys accountable. Uh, I, I think his energy is something and enthusiasm is something the Cardinals miss. So uh, I just want to throw that out there about Gardek.
0: No, you know what? Honestly, David, I think that really is a salient point because you're right, first of all, on Dennis Gardeck and what he brought to the team. You're also right about the culture. I think it's something that is really, really important. I I know this is something that I can't stand about myself. It used to drive me crazy, but you know, I, I think there were a lot of guys that looked at me and said, "Man, if Wolf can do it, anybody can do it." Right? I mean, and I, I mean that seriously. I think they looked at me as like this inspiration. Not big. Not the fastest guy on the field just went out there and tried really really hard and i think dennis gardek has got a lot more talent than i do but i think he's the same guy the guy that's going to go out there and try super hard and if he's out there balling why aren't you
3: you know what's amazing is cliff kingsbury admitted late in the season that you know gardek was a guy who would wreck the first team offense as a member of the scout team defense and even the coaches looked at each other and said, man, this guy is a real problem. He's a nuisance, but there's no chance he does it on game day. Well, then he did it on game day, and he made believers yep. out of the coaching staff. And you're right, Dave. You hope that other guys on the team see that, see how productive you can be when, you know what, when your motor is running 100% plus every single snap. And hopefully that's one takeaway for a number of other guys on that, on that defense going forward.
4: Yeah, as, Paul, for,
3: I, as, as for Jacksonville, by the way, Dave, real quick, Urban Meyer, it is official, yeah. and I bring that up because he used to be your uh, broadcast partner in the ESPN booth. What do you think about that as a fit in the NFL? And, and I love the story of how he actually, the first initial meeting with ShotKhan, the owner, was on the owner's yacht in Miami. So that, that was solid right there. But how, what do you think about that fit, Urban Meyer, in the NFL?
4: Well, I I think if you would have asked Urban that question 10 years ago, he would have said, no way. I would never want to coach in the NFL. But I think seeing guys like Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury uh, get opportunities in the NFL uh, and have success, um, I I think that that was intriguing to him. I think it was a perfect storm of uh, Jacksonville gets the number one pick. Trevor Lawrence is probably that guy. Um, you're going to likely have full control and final say over what's going on on your 53-man roster, although there'll be a GM and obviously guys doing the dirty work. You know, he's not going to take that job unless he has final say. Uh, I think it all came together. Plus you've got a rich owner who's going to pay a lot of money. I know they have a home in in Sarasota and his wife, Shelly has a lot of friends in the area because, you know, they coached in, in Gainesville for a long time. So, Uh, I I think it it just all came together perfectly. Uh, I'm not sure he would have taken other NFL opportunities. Um, it, It just, again, perfect storm of everything just lining up.
0: You know, one of the things, too, I remember you talking about how hard Urban Meyer used to take losses. And especially at the college level, because one loss, and that might doom you for the college football playoff, right? One loss, and and suddenly you're out of this thing. Whereas in the NFL, you can lose seven games, still get into the postseason, and, and maybe make some noise in there. How do you think he's going to adjust to that? And do you think that's one of the reasons why he took the job?
4: I think if you asked him, Wolf, he would say he recognizes that you can lose, right, a handful of games and still be the best team. Um, If you lose one game, you won't even get a chance to prove you're the best team because you may not even make the college football playoff, where if you lose five games, you still could win your division and, you know, get a high seed. So I I think his ability to uh, look at talent and see how it fits, um, I I think his work with quarterbacks, uh, you look at, you know, Alex Smith and the type of player he's become going all the way back to when he was at Utah with that group there. Mm-hmm. Uh, winning a championship with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, winning a championship with Cardell Jones. Um, I mean he's had some good quarterbacks, but he he's also had some guys that that you know were good in college but then didn't make the transition. I think he got you know a lot out of Dwayne Haskins uh, as well at Ohio State. so, I think if you give him Trevor Lawrence, if that's the direction they go, uh, to me, whether it was Urban or anybody else, I mean, you're getting a a once-in-a-lifetime, a a a once-in-a-generation talent. So you've got this to work with. First of all, Trevor Lawrence is a great kid. He's a tremendous leader. Um, And and I think, again, Urban's ability to judge talent, he's going to assemble a really good staff. You know, the one thing is if somebody gets hurt, the next guy off the bench isn't a five-star recruit the next guy off the bench is a guy off of somebody else's practice squad (laughs) so what happens when you don't always have the best players i think that's the thing that will be interesting to watch
3: and to wolf's point about losses in the jaguars since shotgun the owner took over in 2012 they have lost 105 of 144 games in jacksonville think about that so He's got a, obviously a huge challenge ahead of him, but think about a Jaguars team that goes from utterly irrelevant to now Urban Meyer and name head coach and Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback wolf. And, and
0: not only that, Paulie, they got 11 draft picks as well, and they have, I'm told, up to $100 million of under the cap for free agency.
3: And Even though even My- hey, Urban Meyer recruited Justin Fields at Ohio State, you got to figure it's going to be Trevor Lawrence number one overall we'll talk about the cardinals first round pick and other guys who might be ready to take that leap in year two and beyond it is the big red rage presented by santan
2: ford and gilbert we are santan ford Each team of the timeout. A minute four to go in a tie game here in overtime. 34 piece. Gotta get a stop here. Third and 14. Play clock at one. Snap to Wilson. Quick for over the middle. Picked off. It's intercepted at the 40-yard line. Isaiah Simmons has it. Running far side of the 45. Out of bounds at the 50-yard 50 line. 57 seconds left. Cardinals have the ball and a timeout. The rookie made a play.
0: Isaiah Simmons is right there with the sweet hands.
2: What a catch by Isaiah Simmons.
3: Yeah, that was the game where the Cardinals had three picks of Russell Wilson. He entered that game with three total interceptions in five games. That's where the Cardinals held the Seahawks to seven points. Seven points only in the second half in overtime. They got the win. Then in the rematch on at Seattle, guys, you remember that was a game where Isaiah Simmons got 45 snaps. He had a team-high 10 tackles. His first career sack in that one, two tackles for loss, and a quarterback hit. So as we say, welcome back into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Dave Pash. Wolf, what do you think about Isaiah Simmons? Where he's at, where he's going, especially in the context of the Cardinals' first-team All-Pro, Buda Baker, who didn't get a whole bunch of snaps on defense his rookie year was a pro bowler in terms of special teams but look at him now as one of the best safeties in the game. Yeah,
0: no, Paulie, you know me, I love Isaiah Simmons. I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be fine especially once he gets a full offseason with OTAs and then of course, hopefully OTAs out on the field and then going into a training camp where you're actually going to have some preseason games and you're actually going to have an extended period of being able to put the pads on and hit a little bit. I think it would benefit him greatly the fact that he was able to do what he did and play as much as he did to me without all of that stuff going on i thought that was a huge plus and indicative of the type of player he can be going forward
3: dave you saw your share of isaiah simmons in college now after his first nfl season your takeaways
4: yeah paul i'm with wolf i i still think that the future is very bright for him it's unfortunate that he was a rookie of the year that there was no camp, no preseason games. And he's trying to basically play, you know, they they were hoping he would just be able to focus on one position, right? At Clemson, he was doing so many different things. Uh, it, It just, I think it was a lot to ask this year for any rookie, especially somebody that's a first round pick where the expectations are higher, because you look at guys like Richard Lawrence, Leckie Two, I know Zach Allen isn't a rookie, but young defensive linemen that showed a lot of promise and I think are going to be really good. But the expectations were lower for those guys because they're not a top 10 pick. The expectations were so high for Isaiah Simmons, but I, I thought he did a lot of good things and I'm bullish on him going forward, fellas.
3: And you know what's amazing is by the time we hit December, we did see him used not unlike he was used at Clemson. You saw him as a slot corner. You saw him as an edge rusher. You saw him as an outside linebacker in coverage, inside, obviously. I mean, Wolf, there was a variety of ways we saw him. One thing, though, that I know you cited more than once and was maybe your biggest question mark coming in, if refresh my memory, but you wanted to know if he'd come downhill. Yeah. And and we saw him lay the lumber more than once.
0: Yeah, there were a couple of things on this, Paulie. You're right. They did start to move him around a lot. But he still wasn 't getting a lot of reps he was still wasn 't getting a ton of reps in games and and that tells me that maybe that wasn 't the right thing to do. maybe it wasn 't but I know the Cardinals had so many injuries, especially in the secondary right they They dealt with so many injuries on the defensive side of the ball. I think Vance Joseph was moving him around trying to find something somebody that could take some reps on the field and Isaiah Simmons was one of those guys, but to your point, Paul. Yes. This was the biggest question mark I had. Would you stick your face in there? Are you going to stick your face in there, Isaiah Simmons? Are you going to go ahead? Hey, listen, you're a great athlete. There's no doubt about it. You're a good football player. We can see it. You've got instincts. There's no doubt. You've got intellect. You understand the game. The mentality is there. Will you stick your face into the fan? (laughs) Will you do that? And that's what he did. He proved to me, Paulie, and the little time that he was out there playing. And I don't want to make it sound like it was insignificant reps. He got significant reps, but they still weren't the majority of the reps. But fact, the one takeaway I had was he'd yeah. stick his face in there.
3: And you know what? A couple of times, a little too much. He got a couple of personal foul flags that really hurt the Cardinals a couple of times. But... I
0: stood and applauded, Paulie. Yeah,
3: yeah, and and, and look. If you figure Devondre Campbell is one of those 27 unrestricted free agents who's not coming back, he's going to be a starter next season. So he'll get his share of reps in year number two. Who else stood out to you, Dave? You mentioned Leckie Foto, Rashard Lawrence, Josh Jones. Do you think they saw enough to pencil him in as the right tackle if Kelvin Beecham doesn't return?
4: That's an interesting one. I I got to imagine – when they drafted him they're thinking that right maybe not this year because again short camp no preseason really tough for a rookie to go in there right away and and start but the fact that they did play him some when they had the six offensive lineman formation uh clearly he's got talent they felt they got a steal when they drafted him so yeah, I would think he's somebody that's going to get a long look to be a starter. I mean, that, that's that's an interesting – you know, I was thinking along the lines, Paul, when asked you asked that question of the defensive guys, but I, I hadn't given a ton of thought uh, to, to Josh Jones. But I, I do think the offensive line, that's going to be something they take a long look at this offseason. Uh, J.R. Sweezy, we we saw what happened there to, uh, towards the end of the season with him. Where are you with Justin Pugh? Where are you with Mason Cole? How do you feel about – Beachum and whether josh jones is ready i don't know that people are talking about that enough right now so i'm glad you brought that up
3: and, and let me ask you both, both you guys about Kyler murray and the reason i bring that up is if you look at this weekend's playoff matchups you can't help but notice you got baker mayfield josh allen lamar jackson all in year three and what did they do for the first time they all earned their first playoff wins mm-hmm. it took until that third year to become playoff winning quarterbacks. Do you think that has an application to Kyler Murray? this offseason and 2021 Wolf?
0: Oh yeah, Polly. I I don't know, I really don't know. I remember going into this year, right, everyone talking about the MVP thing, talking about Lamar Jackson going into his second year, won the MVP and Pat Mahomes did the same thing and you know comparing whether or not Kyler Murray's going to win the MVP, started out like a house of fire in the first half of the season and then cooled off, Kyler did, but honestly, Polly, I just want to see him continue to develop the intangibles of the game develop into that franchise quarterback. I believe he's on the track, Kyler Murray, of becoming a franchise quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback yet, in my opinion. Baker Mayfield was not a franchise quarterback until this season, in my opinion. Once again, the leadership was there, but he also had to play well on the field. He played better on the field, in my opinion, this year than he did last year. It takes three, four years in to truly become a a franchise quarterback, and if you're doing it in two years like Pat Mahomes, man, that is the fast track. That is the ultimate fast track and testament to the kind of talent that you have if you're developing that quickly on the field and off the field. Kyler's got to continue to develop off the field, and I think he will.
4: Well, look, Patrick Mahomes is in a different category, and when I said earlier Trevor Lawrence is a -a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, Yeah, I mean he's different than Patrick Mahomes, but I mean Mahomes is on a on a different level. Um, Look, Kyler should be he he should be in that spot. He's certainly gifted enough to be in that position next year. Uh, You know, I thought the Cardinals should have made the playoffs this year. You get to six and three, so uh, hopefully, uh, I mean if they're not in the playoffs next year, uh, boy, uh, I mean I think going into this offseason, guys, we have a lot of questions. But imagine the questions if. The Cardinals aren't there next year. So I I think it's a huge year for Kyler Murray coming up.
3: And look, Dave, you called games with Baker Mayfield. You called games with Kyler Murray in college. They're two totally different personalities. But this stood out to me. A, A longtime Cleveland Browns beat writer who's covered Baker every step of the way wrote this week that it took a little time for some of his teammates to understand him and trust him. Make no mistake, the Browns are following him now, quote, unquote, from a longtime media member who follows the Browns on a daily basis. And I just wonder, you know, you look at Baker Mayfield and over the last 10 games, he has one interception and 19 touchdowns. It it took a while for it to click and maybe he had to mature in his own way, a different way than a Kyler Murray. But once again, Dave, I put it to you, I just, I see that could be a possible path that Kyler Murray would follow. I could see that sort of Uh, progress coming to fruition next season if you if you told me there was that similarity
4: I mean if you guys I I think Kyler Murray's more talented than Baker Mayfield I you know I I wasn't sure that Baker Mayfield would be anywhere near the NFL player that that he is right now and I think a lot of it is that there there is a there is an it factor with Baker and I agree I think it takes time for his teammates to figure him out but I think kind of like you saw at Oklahoma, once they do figure him out, they'll do anything for him. Uh, They'll run through a wall for him. He he does have – it's a unique leadership, but he he does have that leadership quality. And I think that's something Kyler, as Wolf kind of talked about, he's still growing. There's the intangible factor that I think Kyler is still cultivating. But from a pure talent standpoint, I'd put Kyler up against – any of those guys, maybe other than Mahomes, I, I think the talent is there. It's preparation. It's uh, are you going to run the offense? It, less street ball, less relying on just your athletic ability and your talent, more on reading defense and the game plan. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of factors there. But if you're talking strictly ability, yeah, Kyler should be taking that next step next year.
3: And that's what I'm referring to is that evolution everything other than just the skill set everything else that's involved in being an NFL franchise quarterback the face of the franchise the CEO as Patrick Peterson called it halfway through his rookie year it's embracing all that and being that leader of the rest of the team and the offense and the guy everyone rallies around and so I just found it interesting that in year three it seemed to really hit for a couple other guys Yes, and if maybe that has an application to Kyler
0: especially with Baker Mayfield
3: uh, it'll be interesting, no doubt, to see Baker against Patrick Mahomes. Wolf, that was your sort of game when they hooked up in college. There was 1,700 total yards in that game. The
0: incredible, last time that incredible. Baker. He's got to grow, though, with the intangibles off the field.
3: We continue to roll on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, with our special guest Dave Pash, voice of the Cardinals. just watching that play clock melt down. Takes the snap, fakes the handoff. Goff looking to pass, throws left side. Woods wide open, makes the catch of the five. Strolls to the end zone. Touchdown, L.A. The Rams have taken a 16-point lead with 4.46 to go. Seattle needs to get close to the 50 for a first down. Here's the snap. Blitz coming against Wilson. He's hit in the backfield. He is sacked, and that is the ball game. Morgan Fox gets the sack on Russell Wilson, and the L.A. Rams are on their way to the Divisional round round of the playoffs and it's the first time the seahawks have lost in 11 straight home playoff games how about that knocked out by the rams and uh, that was ryan radke westwood one on the call right there so the rams advance their top-ranked defense going to take on the highest scoring offense in the nfl in the green bay packers this weekend it is the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford paul calvisi ron wolfley and the voice of the cardinals dave passion Wolf, what'd you make of that game? How about how about my guy Jared Goff throwing for 155 <laughs> yards and yet getting the playoff win on the road with a busted thumb?
0: Yeah, it's just amazing, Paul. It really was to see that right here. The Los Angeles Rams is—it's a football team that it basically proves a point that I've been talking about for a long time, Paulie, and that is—you give me a defense and a punter. And I'll be in every game. And no offense against Jared Goff and that offense whatsoever. I love what they do. They line up and they run the ball. They run one play. It's called the tackle zone. And I'm being a little facetious here. I'm using hyperbole to make a point. They run one play and five plays that come off that thing. You know it's coming. They know it's coming. Everybody knows it's coming. But they don't care. They line up and they're just better than you are. They dare you to be better than they are. They run the ball, and they play defense. That's what the Rams do, and that's a formula that can work.
3: And they lead the NFL in virtually every defensive category that matters. Aaron Donald said he's he's going to play. It's really the first injury, significant injury of his seven-year career. Think about that. Jared Goff announced today will start. John Wolford will be inactive. So Blake Bortles will be the backup there. But, uh, Dave, your thoughts on the Rams and, and what do you what do you make of them going against the Green Bay team, especially when you consider the two head coaches know each other so well?
4: I, th- I feel like it's such a different animal this week for the Rams. Last week uh, they were facing a team that wasn't very good defensively, and as the season went on, the offensive warts I, I thought really showed for Seattle. Uh, Green Bay's offense—I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably the MVP. So I, I and if, if you're telling me Aaron Donald is a hundred percent and can wreck that game on that side of the ball, and that Jared Goff is healthy enough to make more plays, throwing the ball, then, yeah, I think they have a chance. But, boy, uh, Green Bay is playing great football right now. Um, I'd be surprised if the Packers lost that game. But if Donald's healthy and Goff's healthy, maybe the Rams can pull it out. I don't see it, but maybe.
3: You know, Sean McVay said something this week, guys, that we talked about, I think, all season long with the Cardinals. Here's his quote, talking about watching the Packers play ball and Aaron Rodgers. Quote, I think having identity is a really important thing to establishing something offensively. You can really see that identity come to life when you flip on the Packers tape. And that's a real credit to Matt, their coaches, and their players. Did we ever get an answer to that question, Ron Wolfley, on the Cardinals in 2020? What is their identity?
0: I, I don't think we ever answered that, Paulie. I think that's one of the things that culture will provide you. You build that culture, and you find an identity. You find a standard of play. This was something I was talking about, as you well know, Paulie. As you know, David, we were talking about it even at the end of September. They had to find a standard of play and stop playing up and down to their competition. We saw that early on as a team personality, a team trait, and they've got to fix that, frankly, going Into this offseason and it's not easy to do until you get back out on the field for real
3: I tell you what Jalen Ramsey against Devontae Adams that is must see TV in fact it'll be on Fox on Saturday and then you got Tampa New Orleans Dave Uh, that will not be on the History Channel according to Frank Caliendo that'll be on Fox it'll be at 4.40pm on Sunday and then you have Breeze and you have Brady and then you have Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles against Sean Payton what stands out to you?
4: Uh, I, I, it seems like that, that Tampa Bay defense is is ready for this test, uh, based on what I saw last week. Um, I think you know what you're going to get from Brady. You know what you're going to get from B.A. It, this seems like it's going to uh, be a battle of the Bays in, in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I just, I, I, I know New Orleans is home, but that, that home field advantage is not the same when that place is not full. I mean, we saw it. Uh, we've seen it in regular season before. Yep. I mean, have you guys ever experienced – Um, a greater home field advantage than that playoff game in New Orleans back in in 09 in the in I guess it was 2010 technically but the 09 season and and that's not really there so I like Tampa Bay on on Sunday in this game
0: yeah that's gonna be a great game to watch there's no doubt about it I, I do like the fact that the New Orleans Saints are a great rush defense there to me guys I look at it And if you're top five in any type of category you're elite in the National Football League And the New Orleans Saints I think are elite when it comes to stopping the run top four in yards per game top four in yards per play and at this point with the large sample size that we've actually had watching the Saints play they, they are a physical, physical bunch. I think it's going to be interesting because you know how much Tom Brady and Bruce Arians in particular, they love to use play action. The game is going to be can you actually get to Tom Brady during those early rundown situations, first and ten, second and one to six, Will they go after, will Todd Bowles roll the dice and go after Tom Brady? I mean, excuse me, I'm the Saints. Will the Saints go after Tom Brady in that situation because they can shut down the run, and you know that's what Tampa loves to use, that play-action pass. They can shut down the run and then go after
3: Brady. Well, think about it 43 year old tom brady 42 year old drew Brees. by the time they kicked that one off so that's the oldest combined age for starting quarterbacks in nfl history in a single game you go to the afc and it's all young guys yep. we'll talk about that next and by the way to come full circle here talking about the nfc west uh how about some of the departures as uh brad holmes named the lions executive vice president and gm the rams director of scouting robert salas seems like he's fast track for a head coaching job and then the rams defensive coordinator brandon staley he might be one and done in la he might be a head coach in the waiting although seahawks gm john schneider extends his deal through the 2027 draft so where is he-
0: eric b where is eric b mm-hmm.
3: man yeah, uh, Let me tell you, that might be why Deshaun Watson uh, ends up getting out of Houston. We'll see. We'll continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
5: Bouncing to the 10, rolling to the 5, recovers the 1, it rolls into the end zone, and Cleveland is recovered. Cleveland has scored a touchdown! Oh, what a way to begin! Quick throw up the middle. it's caught, grabbed by Landry, 30, makes it miss at the 20, goes to the 10, runs to the far sideline, the 5, breaks the tackle at the 2, runs into the end zone, touchdown! Hands off to Hunt, runs over to the left guard, broke a tackle at the 10, broke another tackle at the 5, puts his head down, carries it defender Thunder on his back, touchdown Cleveland! This is unbelievable. Here's the handoff that goes on a sweep to the near side to Hunt. Hits the sideline, the 10-broker tackle, five. Into the end zone with a cut and a touchdown. And the Cleveland Browns have gone up 27 to nothing with under two to play in the first quarter. Shocking. Absolutely shocking.
3: This Kevin Harland getting a workout on Westwood 1. Four touchdowns in the first quarter by the Browns in that epic win against their Steelers, their first playoff win in forever as they come out and they get the big... Think about this, guys. The Browns haven't won two playoff games in a season since 1950. <laughs> Welcome back into the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvici, Ron Wolfley, and Dave Pash with us. And uh, Dave, you ever had one of those games where you're just worn out and you haven't even at halftime yet?
4: <laughs> yes. Although I don't think Kevin Harlan ever gets worn out. That dude is. So, I love Kevin. He's so good, so good at everything he does. And he always maintains the highest level of energy. I mean, listen to how descriptive he is in those calls, man. I I could listen to Kev all day.
0: You know what, guys? Honestly, though, when you think of the Steelers-Browns game, that was the worst start to a football game I've ever seen a team have. (laughs) I'm talking about the Steelers, obviously. And I'm not talking about the snap over the head for a touchdown. I'm talking about that first quarter. That first quarter they played, it was the worst start to a football game I have ever seen, college or professional.
3: All right, so – as cleveland took a 28 point lead in that wolf and they got the win 48 37 how much of it was just a bad steelers outfit that really struggled down the stretch or have the browns truly hit their stride
0: you know what paulie the browns are a dangerous team and they're a dangerous team because they have a dangerous quarterback in baker mayfield all right this is a guy that does have that it factor we were talking about that early but i also like the fact that they can line up and shove it down your throat They can line up and run the ball with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb running the ball. You watch how many DBs turn down tackles that Nick Chubb is running in the secondary. Even the Steelers, poly. I saw it three times where guys are like, oh boy, he juked me. uh, Really? He juked you with one little dead leg cut? You looked awful on that, and there's a reason why. Guys were turning down tackles in Nick Chubb, and he gets running, and they run the ball with Kareem Hunt. It is lights out.
3: And and we know, Dave, that's a quarterback's best friend. You get a running game going like that, and, and think about it. I mentioned it earlier. Over the last ten games, when you're talking about playoff quarterbacks and interceptions thrown, Jared Goff over the last ten games has thrown nine. Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady have thrown eight picks. Patrick Mahomes five. Baker one. Just one interception over the last ten games. How about that?
4: And and they've got some studs on defense, too. That that is a talented team. I agree with Wolf. I mean, Pittsburgh, what a disaster. Um and you could kind of see it coming. The Steelers were were not playing well going into the playoffs. Um, but I, I just I still feel like Cleveland is not ready to to beat a team like Kansas City. i could I could end up being completely wrong, but I feel like as as talented as they are, they're they're not ready for this yet. Um, Kansas City's had a little time now, and we know how good Patrick Mahomes is. Um, he's I, I think on a mission, I think he's got that mentality of where initially it was about proving he's great. Now he knows he's great. And so does everybody else. There is an amazing belief factor with that team in Patrick Mahomes. And and I, that's why I see them winning this week, but, I I think Cleveland will will make a game of it. I think they'll be in that game because of how talented they are.
0: You know what's amazing about it, though? Cleveland is built to pull something, some type of upset here. And I'm just going to go out on a limb right now because they can run the ball. And this is the Achilles heel, once again, of the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a Bill Belichick showed how you beat the Chiefs a couple of years ago when he lined up in 21 personnel, two backs, and he ran the ball right down the middle of the field in between the tackles. And that's where the Cleveland Browns, that's where they excel. So beware.
4: I expect yeah. Kansas
0: City to win, but beware.
4: Well, does that go? You got to keep balls? them off the field, right? You got to keep Mahomes off the field, Paulie. Yep. That's it. I mean, you got to run the ball because if you you have to outscore them otherwise. And we yes. saw last year in the playoffs. That's not happening. Yep. And The
3: second best quarterback right now might be Josh Allen, but if you got a Baltimore team, well if they just ran for 236 at Tennessee and there's going to be some snow in the forecast. Yeah. Maybe advantage Ravens in Buffalo.
0: Guys, it's supposed to snow rain all weekend in Buffalo, New York. I know how nasty how nasty that can be in the park. All
3: right, Baltimore's won six in a row. Buffalo has won seven in a row. So think about that. Coming off their first playoff win in 25 years, the Bills. That'll be good stuff over the weekend. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Palmer takes the snap, play action pass, Palmer setting up, he's in trouble, he's hit, gets out of there, rolls right, throws back to the left, fits his wide open, caught at the 35, nobody's there, he's at the 40, at the 50, turns up field at the 45, at the 40, 35, 35 30, 25, 20, fits to the near side, 10, to the 5, and tackled there, Carson Palmer somehow got out of trouble. Oh baby, Carson Palmer!
0: And saw Larry Fitzgerald on the other side of the field, and then Larry Fitzgerald, the legend, took over and did the rest.
2: Second down and goal at the five. They can win it with a touchdown. Snap to Palmer, rolls out, and it's a pitch to fitz running straight ahead into the end zone. The shovel pass for a touchdown. time 26 to 20. Put your hands in the air and step away from the football. Larry
0: Fitzgerald on the shuttle pass. What an incredible call.
3: Hey, in more ways than one, guys, very well done. An epic call from Passion Wolf on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. That was a 2015 playoffs, of course. Larry Legend accounting for all the yardage, the 75-yard catch and run. Boom, there's the stiff arm midway through, and then the shovel pass for the game winner. Great against-
0: call by B.A., and you know oh. me. I oh. don't ever say that, but that was a great call call
3: and if memory serves carson palmer or maybe larry revealed after the game they'd practice that every friday for two years yes right they've <laughs> been right, sitting Paul. on that for two years and then finally they dialed it up and and we bring all that up because carson palmer it was announced this week will be inducted into the college football hall of fame spent five years at usc Of course was the heisman winner and he'll be inducted along with a dozen others uh during the ceremony in december wrapping up this edition of the big red rage ron wolf yours truly paul calvi dave passion and dave here we are again by the way speaking of larry you know it's larry watch 2021 and whether he's coming back for an 18th season or not you've called every one of his snaps as an arizona cardinal what do you think you got a gut feel on Fitz.
4: Well, other than this year when uh, when I got when I got COVID and we got kicked out of the booth, you had uh, <laughs> well, you had that's that, true. Uh, I forgot but, uh, about that, and I'm the last guy who uh, should have forgot about that. Well. And, well, I know, but also then don't forget the second. Well, Fitz made sure to remind me earlier this year that I that I missed the second half of the Rams game uh, last year as well. Um, That's I, right, boy. Larry. I, I, look, nobody nobody knows, but Larry. I, I I think it's it. My gut is that he does not come back. Um, I, I I hate to say it. I'd love to see Larry play five more years. Um, he, I, the Cardinals need his leadership and just who he is. I, I mean, the, the thing that's always stood out to me about Larry is how he treats people in the organization. Yeah. You talk about the definition of being a franchise player, how you represent the organization within the organization, in the community we know about Larry, but what people don't see is how he treats everybody in the organization. Guys, how many times have we been on, our, on the road and we see Larry at a meal sitting one meal with the trainers, the next meal he's with the broadcasters, another meal he's with a certain position group or the scouts. I mean, I think that's intentional. I think, first of all, Larry just likes people. He, mm-hmm. he, he likes to be around people. Um, but I also think some of that is intentional of, you know, I, I'm, I'm the face of this organization and I want everybody in the organization to feel like they are a part of this. He's such a special guy. I hope Mm -hmm. this isn't it for fits, but I I feel like it probably is. Yeah, I
0: said this before. I'm going to continue to say it right now. For the last three years, I said he's done. This is it, and he's come back every time. So I'm going to continue that and say for a fourth year, he's done. Well, And hope that he comes back.
3: The video surfaced to him getting slimed on Nickelodeon a few years ago. So, hey, Dave, is is your agent called Nickelodeon? Do you want in on one of the virtual slime cannon games? You know, I mean, that got ridiculous ratings and and viewership, and it, it went viral on social media.
4: I do think if Larry uh, does not come back, I, I could see Larry getting into broadcasting. Speaking of, I don't know if he'll be on Nickelodeon, but I yeah. I, I think Larry would be very good in, yeah. in uh, the world of broadcasting. He's gonna not, be not really he's going good. for Wolf's job.
0: Yeah, he's going to be good uh, at whatever he's, he does.
4: Well, yeah. there's going to be
3: a kid-oriented telecast with Disney that they're set up for down the road, so just file that away. For Dave Fashion, Ron Wolfwell, Paul Calvisi, special thanks, Jim O'Mandro and Cody Fincher. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan4 in Gilbert.